save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. This is Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid, a Detroit Lions podcast, where lifelong Lions fans, UJ, Rudd Dog, Bob, Connor, and I'm your host, Big Z, to talk about your favorite team, the Detroit Lions, where victory isn't just talked about, it's earned. One pride. Let's get this podcast rolling. Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, welcome back. We have an emergency podcast. It's January 16th, 9.43 p.m. Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, um, the season's over for the Lions. Um, well, first, the big news today is that Don Mulbeck is going to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> awesome. And I, and I can't recall the top of my head. Um, if, are you aware of this is his first Pro Bowl? Or can yeah, you recall that- him going to another one? That was his second. No, I don't remember any. They said in 2012, I think he was in the. Well, Don Molbeck, the pride and joy of the Detroit Lions special teams <laughs> for many years now. And he actually botched uh, the snap this year. So yeah, I can't see, believe he's going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just a re- I guess just a respect thing, Don. Just a respect thing. Yeah. Well, he deserves it. Um, yeah, sure. we love you, Don. We love you. If you're yeah, welcome on the podcast Don. anytime, if you're listening, you know, hop on in. <laughs> Definitely. We'll have you on gladly. Um, but the other big news of the day, of course, is the Lions have a new offensive coordinator. His name is Daryl Bevel. And that's the one everyone was picking him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, just a little background on him. He came into the league in 2000. He was hired by the Green Bay Packers as an offensive assistant. In 2003, he was promoted to quarterbacks coach where he worked with Brett Favre. Then in 2006, Brad Childress hired him to be the offensive coordinator. Um, this is when Brett Favre lost in that NFC championship game um, to the New Orleans Saints, who would go on to win the Super Bowl. It was a controversial game at that, too. Um, but Brett Favre had his best year statistically with Darrell Bevel as the offensive coordinator in Minnesota. And then um, the next year, things got out of control in Minnesota. People got fired. So he moved on to Seattle where he was the offensive coordinator from 2011 to 2017 and then di- dismissed before the this previous season. He went to two Super Bowls with Seattle. He won one, and then he infamously – and Pete Carroll said he called for a passing play, but um, yeah. regard, regardless, the Seattle had the ball on the one-yard line they threw, and Matt Patricia's Patriots picked him off at the goal line, so – that historic moment, uh, the two coaches on both sides of that moment have now united in Detroit to try to bring a Super Bowl back to the city. So yeah. I, I'll get into more of his statistics and stuff like that a little bit, but I want to get your guys' um, first initial reactions here to the hire. Okay. Who, uh, who, who wants to start it? Just go Take ahead. it, UJ. Take it. All right, thanks. First of all, um, I'm glad they hired a guy – quickly i mean they didn't drag this whole thing out i think they had a good idea what they wanted and uh 
seems like they might have got the person they wanted. So I'll just say that right up front, just as impressions go. Um, I also like his name because it kind of has a flow to it. Daryl Bevel. Get on with Daryl Bevel. It's like a smooth, flowing name to it, which is good. But also, I like uh, the fact that he's coached Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. Uh, he, he's he's uh, Russell Wilson. He He's had some good background to him. And uh, uh, a couple things also in his favor. I think he got fired after the 2017 season. So I believe he was out of work last year. Yes, he, correct. He, he's had a year to sit around, sort of like that guy who takes a break from his job and becomes refreshed. I think we're going to see a rejuvenated guy coming into the league, uh, back to the league, uh, with with Matt Stafford to work with and uh, Patricia's. I just think uh, – and his experience level, I think, is the important thing, and I think that's what they were looking for, uh, a steadying hand, and uh, I think he's going to provide that. So I personally am very optimistic about this hire. Yeah, yeah, I like you, Bob. Or, yeah, take it, Red Dog. Take it. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I like it. I like that we finally got someone who we're not giving them their first shot. We've done that the last two times around to pretty abysmal results. So this is uh, this is pretty ne- – I like this. I, I think it's not the most exciting. You know, I think a lot of people are hoping for someone from the, you know, Rams or Chiefs because of all these high-flying offenses. But this guy's done it well for in the league for many years and and you know i like that he doesn't forget about the run game and, and has run some pretty run heavy offenses but also has run some pretty aggressive passing attacks um but just you know i think just having a competent steady hand will be something refreshing to stafford as opposed to two guys trying to figure it out on along with stafford uh as they as they're learning the job on the fly so I think that's exciting uh, in itself. So I like I like the hire based on everything I've heard so far. Yeah, and uh, yeah. First of all, I mean, it was upsetting that they cut uh, Jim Bob Cooter. Out. <laughs> uh, that was uh, a little disappointing, you know. Upset's not the word but I would use. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last I heard, he was interviewing for the Cardinals job. I don't know if they filled that position yet, but uh, hopefully he'll be back in the league soon. Harry's interviewing but, for St. Rita High School offensive coordinator. <laughs> hey, uh, Kenny Galladay and I went there, but not at the same year. Hey, I went there too, brother. Don't oh, forget. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I, I I like the hire. I mean, it was it was weird though. Like uh, I was listening to the radio. Detroit Radio today, and uh, they had Dave Burkett on there, and uh, he was breaking down all the OCs and like what they were thinking about, and his name didn't even come up. They like snuck this in. Usually, this stuff leaks, and it just kind of yeah. They, yeah, they they really kept it on the roof. It's a good point. But, uh, I I like the way they. Uh, I think it's good that he's a pro. He's got championship pedigree, and um, some people are worried that he's gonna. Oh, that that means Stafford. They're just gonna run the ball and waste Stafford, but. This guy's a pro. I think he'll he'll work around Stafford and and get the most of him while improving the running game as well. So I'm hopeful. All right. Yeah. No. I absolutely love this hire. I I'm so I'm I'm mad I didn't see this coming. Uh, more like up front. I'm I I love this hire tremendously. He's had a top ten rushing offense every year. He was um coaching with Seattle, and Seattle had a lot of bad offensive lines. Let me mind you. Um, and he even had a top uh, passing attack in 2014, actually. So he is capable of passing um, and calling a good scheme, I believe, with the passing game. But I also think this guy really melds with what Matt Patricia wants to do. A guy that can call up a good run game. 
um, be able to use that power scheme that Matt Patricia definitely seems to favor, uh, maybe to a fault at least this year, because I don't think he had necessarily the right play caller or the right um, personnel and like a la uh, LeGarrette Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But I just want to throw uh, – so this is Seattle's record from 2011 to 2017. This is the time frame that Daryl Bevel was the head coach uh, – uh, the offensive coordinator for Seattle. So his first year, 7-9, and nine, then 11-5. and five. Then 2013, the year they won the Super Bowl, 13-3. and three. 2014, that year they lost the Super Bowl, 12-4. and four. And then the next two years, they lost in the divisional round, 10-6 and six and 10-5. And, and then 9-7 and – and then he got fired after a nine and seven season. Now, let me tell you the offensive ranks overall from 2011 to 2017. So his offense ranked, and this is in uh, points, by the way, 23rd, 9th, 8th, 10th, 4th, 18th, and 11th. So def- there's a lot of um, there's a lot of good history there. And I didn't even mention his one really good year with Brett Favre in Minnesota as well, where they ranked number one overall in the league in offense. It's a pretty solid resume. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And like you said, this guy brings a ton of experience, something we haven't had at the offensive coordinator position in a while. It's like some guy trying to figure it out on the fly. Right. This guy's been around the block. He knows a lot of coaches that he can right. possibly bring in to help as well. But, I mean, he just has the experience, and you can't – And, and you know, like, like yeah, you're that. right. And he's 49 years old. He's, he's not even old. I mean, he's not like they bring some 70-year-old guy who's been around forever. This guy's 49. He's fresh off a year off recharging his batteries. I think this bodes well for us. I like so. that he's coming from a place where, he, you know, he had to figure out how to work around a somewhat limited passer in Russell Wilson, and now he's going to have, I, in my opinion, an all-around superior quarterback, but most certainly a superior passer in Matt Stafford to work with. And uh, well, obviously carry on this year. So I think I really like where he's coming into as well. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't call Russell Wilson a, a limited quarterback, but go on. I, would, I didn't yeah. say limited. No, I, I think you said he was. I think you're referring passer. to Stafford was a better passer than Russell yeah. Wilson. I said he's. I said Stafford. I said a limited. Pa- he's a limited passer. Yes. Stafford's a superior Guys, passer the by way, far. The way this thing was playing out, though. I, I didn't really have a person that I was gunning for, so I wasn't upset when anyone got hired or whatever. I just, just hoping they got the right guy, and it looks like they did. Um, but I was I was the one thing I was worried about is like I hope they don't just pick some Patriots assistant, <laughs> go go back. To the I Patriots was actually world. worried about yeah. the same thing. Brother. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> it's like, but they were. It wasn't just uh, you know hiring somebody he's familiar with. He's he's. Uh, I, I like this hire. Yeah. No. I. I, I like it a lot, and uh, I, I think Marshawn Lynch kind of – there's a lot of that um, type of runner in on Johnson, so I, I like those uh, kind of comparisons and the possible upside to the running game. And another thing to note is that um, Th- Daryl Bevel likes to run a lot of play action and stuff like that as well, and I think that really bodes well for Stafford. Um, because, I agree uh, on that. I, mean, I think Kenny G – well, and uh, the prior to this, uh, Stafford led the league in uh, yards per pass attempt out of play action, which was that is true something yes. we definitely missed this yeah. year. And that was when he didn't have a run game. And this year we had a run game, but I, like uh, Rudd Dog kind of alluded to in the past, just Cooter's, I, I think, an ability to kind of call the right play at the right time type thing. And I'm hoping with this 
with this experienced kind of hire, this guy knows when to call the kind of right plays. Hey Z, you you gave us that article from that Reddit guy uh, who who wrote. It was a good article uh, or, or a good opinion piece. And oh, the one that, I put that, on there earlier. Or the one, yeah, you, yeah. I'm sorry, Red Dog, you did it, and uh, it was real interesting. And uh, and uh, I was reading the comments afterwards. I always love reading comments after an article like that. And then one of the things in the article says, "You guys may be a little frustrated because uh, Bevel likes to on third and short likes to throw long." And then one of the commenters said. <laughs> Well, uh, throwing long on third and short is better than throwing short on third and long, <laughs> which, which we've seen so yeah. much of the last year or two. I can't take it anymore. So, <laughs> so I thought that was a great comment. I mean, I'll give Kuda credit for this. I thought they were much better on those third and fourth and shorts this year than they have in the past. But that was also going back two years. That was also going back two years ago when uh, we were atrocious at it. Hey, listen to me. So maybe it, it was a very low bar to uh, 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 <laughs> do, you, do you hear that? Uh, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> yeah, well, if Tate crosses the goal line uh, against the, the Falcons, you know, we're, it's a whole different story. But anyway. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, I still who knows? Think you got across. Who knows? <laughs> It is funny how football comes down to these just oh, absolutely that have, like huge consequences. I, admit, I know it really is amazing. One, one thing I read in that uh, write up from that Seattle fan though was that the this Bevel likes to try to break a defense early by being aggressive, like and just I like and, that. Oh gosh, that has been so lacking. I mean, I get last year we were more aggressive, and hopefully that's not Patricia's signature this year that he. I mean, because you know it's hard to know for sure uh, what these offensive coordinators where, where the input go, comes from and if the you know head coach controls things but i mean we didn't strike for the we didn't try to put a dagger in anybody this year it seemed and and uh i mean at least last year we were throwing the ball deep i mean of course those passes were hitting a lot more last year when we tried them so i mean there is that but it's just like we didn't seem to try to go you know like turnover situations if someone if you get a turnover the idea is to strike quick while the iron's hot because now the other team's reeling a little bit, and we didn't even do that ever this season. So I, I love the idea of a more aggressive style, even if it's more run-heavy. That's fine. I don't need Stafford throwing it 400 times or whatever. As long as he gets his opportunities to take his shots, I think will be will yeah. be an exciting team to watch. But, you know, Patricia wants balance, and I think this guy can give it to us, I think, just from his, based on his experience, and it'll I think it'll help Stafford too in the long run. I mean, look at Brady. I mean, Brady's well, not flashy, flashy, but God, you, he's so productive, man. UJ, <laughs> I'm a, I'm actually gonna I, I'm gonna disagree with that. I, th- I don't think they want balance. I think they want unpredictability. More is the word that we're looking for. If you listen to Bob Quinn in his um, press conference, they want a guy that can do kind of what the Patriots' offense does, which is one game they're running the ball like. 35 times and throwing it 15 the next week that's 35 passes and 15 rushes well i hope you're right i I haven't seen that what you're saying uh in the stuff i've read so i can't infer that but uh, i hope you're right because i think i like the way the patriots do that they go with what works yeah you know and they've talked about beefing up the run game which which uh was better last year, but it can still be even better. Oh, yeah. I, I think it will be this year. I want Mark if, if they have a please. great run game, that's going to open up those deep passes now. And so we'll be able to be explosive that yep, way. Yep, absolutely. Let's just bring Mark Ingram for some help. Oh. Yeah. It's my wish. <laughs> yeah, 
as long as we don't sign Kareem Hunt, which uh, people are talking about. Uh, I, I think the Bears are going to end up with Sounds him. like another podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other podcast for sure. Um, yeah, the Bears literally did not um, say they wouldn't. Uh, t- they almost said they would take him, basically, uh, if you listen to that press conference. It made it a little awkward in the newsroom, I think. <laughs> I, I do I do feel that a team will take a chance on Kareem Hunt, though. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they yeah. will. But uh, uh, we'll, see, we'll, see, we'll see what team that is. Then we go after Ray Rice. Uh, please, yeah. please. <laughs> um, so, I mean, what do you guys think this does, like, for our re- – like, does this give Kenny Galladay more man-to-man? So, basically, when you're – you, when you have a solid run game, that's going to bring a man into the box. That takes the safety from over the top and possibly brings him down. Moves basically the double coverage off a guy like Kenny Galladay, and I think that's a guy that can really benefit from a uh, play caller like this. With that, I mean, that's why you have a good run game to set up the pass, right? That's sure. kind of the general knowledge. Although it seems around the league, a lot of people think you set up the run with the pass these days. And Depends yeah. on your talent, in my opinion. And uh, – the Lions, you don't think, have the that mentality. You think they've run sets up the pass mentality and personnel. Well, yeah, I, I think uh, with that scheme, I don't think it's so much scheme with him as it would be good to have a tight end. That would and, help. Uh, the, the running game and a tight end, especially later in the year, Galladay was, uh, had to be the guy by himself, which, yeah. which he's not good. They need to spread it out more. Well, the good news is that the draft this year is very deep in tight ends. So I think we can definitely get a quality tight end in the third or fourth round. Of tight end not, at eight? No, yeah, no, no. No, please. Ebron <laughs> 2.0? Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine? There will be a first-round tight end this year, I'm pretty sure. His name's Noah Fonts out of Iowa. Yeah. But... Yeah, that guy looks good. He does. And it's funny. He didn't even win tight end of the year. His teammate yeah. did. His teammate <laughs> did. I, I read that. That was amazing. Yeah, that's and, wild. And, and he's probably going to go, like, in the third round. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. He does. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to a second round tight end though if he slipped. Yeah, yeah. Like from Alabama maybe or. Uh, yeah, he looked good too. He looked really good. He's more of an athletic, yeah. uh, not not as much a blocking tight end. They say though. he's pretty solid in blocking though, like from what I've read so far, and and so I mean, and you know, I don't think you've signed the new NFL these days. You don't necessarily need that guy who needs to be a blocker. You need that guy who can exploit the seam. And be a matchup problem. That's what teams seem to go for the most. I mean, yeah, you see a few of the true prototypes like the Gronk types and uh, even Kelsey. I, he's a, I don't know if he's a great blocker. But, Kelsey's a freak. He's just like, something different. Like, he's not much of a blocker, guys, but he's, a, he's no. essentially a wide receiver. Those kind of guys are the difference makers. I mean, even, like, even Ebron, if we would have kept him this year, you know he would have made a difference being able to line up on the end of the line and, and get downfield in the seam and stuff. So, I mean – I don't think you necessarily need a great blocker, but someone who's at least willing and capable to just put his nose in there. Yeah, but, uh, I kind of agree with you. If he could get a chip once in a while and this and that and help out, you know, he yeah. doesn't have to be the greatest blocker, but he has to be a threat. Because I think it's like the upside thing, like it's impact issue. Like those type of tight ends are the, are just weapons, and it's hard, to, you know. Oh, do I want a guy who can block like an old lineman? Well, just use an extra old lineman, which, by the way, was actually more common this year. I saw the Lions, Bears, other teams do it. But uh, might as well just put an old lineman in there. But if a guy like those, those guys can just, you know, they torch linebackers, and that makes them so deadly. Yeah, no, that, 
Absolutely. And I, I would I want to keep Toy Lolo around. I, I think he did a really good job this yeah. year. He's a good, he's a good guy to have in the roster. I mean, he's a run blocker first. So the, the fact that yeah. he uh, was so good in the passing game this year, I think, kind of surprised even. Something to point out about bit. him, though, in, about Stafford and the whole offense is that at the end of the season, especially like our offense showed a little bit of life as he came on as a target for Stafford. And he made some diff- made a little bit of a difference in there. That's true. He did, actually. Yeah. We hit a few of those seam passes that we never could do all season long. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. He made a difference at the end. When we beat the Packers 31 to nothing. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I, but, uh, guys, as far as this whole, like, uh, Quinn era goes, I thought I thought the way this went down – was pretty good. The fact that it didn't leak out. I mean, th- these guys are doing like a, a pretty pro job here. Uh, I don't know what they were after. I mean, you never know what goes on behind closed doors if they wanted any of these other guys. Yeah. But it doesn't appear to be. Yeah. And uh, well, that's a good point, brother. Uh, like you said, uh, no, this didn't leak out. Uh, no one really expected it. Even you, Big Z, you you you're kicking yourself because you didn't see it coming. Yeah. I bad, mean. Uh, I really, I really thought it was going to be Shane Waldron because uh, he had a lot of Patriots ties and he's the passing game coordinator on St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't drag this thing on, you know. It it actually got resolved pretty quickly, and I and now we got a whole se- off season to work on it. I mean, it, it, way to our benefit. I think it's going to be great. It, yeah. Patricia, yeah. Patricia's got the whole off season. Remember, he was hired a little late in the pro process too last year, and but now we're going to hit the ground running, man. It's, everything's. I think it's gonna be a whole different story this year. I really do. So maybe the and instead it's not, of the Patriots not George Godsey, the Super Bowl just... game, maybe that's where he got his respect for him. Yeah, yeah, that could be. Um, I want to bring up another uh, name to the blue Kool Aid drinkers here, and that is Antonio Brown. I'm curious what your opinions are on him if he's available. Take, take a dollar for a trade. Take him. I would love Take to him. love to, but from what I've heard, there what they would be asking would be like a first round pick and a, yeah, a, like a couple picks and a linebacker. Jerry, what I see that one uh, somebody put out first and third and uh, Maven, like no, that's way too much. Yeah, for, I, I think he's he'll be third. I could definitely see year. a first and a third for him though. Not with his attitude because he's under. Not with his diva sort of persona, from what I gather. I would love to have be- him, man. Before you get into all that, so Antonio Brown would cost about seventeen million against the cap, which is actually really good, um, and and control for the next three years. So you're getting him for three years, which is why his value is so high on the trade market. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a guy that's led the league in receiving for like the last four or five years consistently. Oh, yeah, he's great. He's brilliant. Thirty one next year, though. You know, yeah. like I, yeah, old. But I do not see him as a fit in this locker in the Detroit Lions locker room, at least. I like the idea of having him on the team and for well, more importantly, on the field. But I mean, I don't feel like you know. I know we're not the Patriots, but the Patriot way is not to to spend a ton of capital like that on one guy. Like they get their superstars on like the like usually in like the free agency on like random you know occasions. Like they don't they don't spend huge draft capital in the future you know, things against the t- the future teams yeah. when they go for those impact type players. So I, I don't I don't feel like it's a, it's really in the cards for the Lions. I want to see them continue to build this thing the right way and uh, develop yeah. our own stars. And- Would getting an Antonio Brown do for the Lions offense like a Khalil Mack did for the Browns? I mean, it's possible. 
That could actually. I mean, he's pretty dynamic. Or pretty. I don't know though. Clear Max a lot younger though, isn't he? I don't. Well, yeah. I'd almost rather see us spend that big money on if we could find a huge impact defensive player. You know, I don't know if there's a Cleo Mack out there, but I think some of our resources should go into that for free agent. You know, our, our well, did you our, our, did you watch the um, the games this weekend, the divisional games? Yes, yes. Did you watch Trey Flowers on yes. the Patriots? He is a free yes. Agent. I know that that would be a good one. He's gonna that he's gonna be. demand a lot of money too. <laughs> oh, well, that's different. I'd pay a lot of money versus paying a lot of draft picks and even potentially players for one guy. Right. Yeah. You're giving up a lot of assets for that. Yeah. Money flowers to these that... organizations. So if you're in Bob Quinn's seat, though, um, if the Lions don't make the playoffs again this year, for instance, I mean, his seat's on fire. He might be gone. So if you're in Bob Quinn's <laughs> chair, it's like, if we don't win, I'm going to be gone. So I, I can extend these uh, draft picks because. We're either going to win and I'm here, I, I think, or uh, we're going to lose I, and uh, I won't even be around to see these draft picks. Not I think don't think anyway. should... Actually, go ahead. I just, I, if the right signs are there, I don't think that's the case. I think, I mean, yes, I want to see the playoffs, but if, if for some reason we fall short, you know, if it's another, like, Falcons game last year, and that's a different story, you know, like, if, if, if he shows he's got a plan and it's coming to fruition, but for some reason things don't work out, that's one thing, but like, yeah, I, I, if he, but if he goes and blows capital on a guy like that, I feel like he's gonna just put his head right in the noose himself because then he shows he's not being farsighted and he's blowing this year. So, I, well, that's kind of that's kind of what I was gonna say, Rod Dog, along those lines. It, it it's not a clear cut number thing, like, uh, uh, you know, six and uh, ten or whatever. It, it it's more than the numbers. We it's it's the eye test what we see in the field. If you see this team is maybe go through some weird times and then all of a sudden this team starts gelling and we start looking like a contender, maybe we come up short at the playoff. I mean, you you can't just throw it all out the window and start over again. I mean, it, it's all going to depend on how it unfolds. So yeah, I I I disagree a little bit with you guys because I don't see this slow build to a championship. I think. The, there's no reason they can't go deep next year in the playoffs. I agree, but no, and, uh, we're just talking about a scenario. I mean, I mean it's like, yeah, if how would you know what it would it take to get him fired next year? Is I, I mean, if Antonio Brown would win them the Super Bowl and set them back in the future, I'd take one Super Bowl. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the last piece, though. we'll take one playoff win. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. the pace the Lions are going. Well, I want more than a playoff win. But well, I, I know, I know. It's just. I, they, they, the Lions have won one playoff game in a Super Bowl era, so it's just. Uh, were you guys? Were you guys alive? Uh, w- one win. Was he, were you alive during that time? I was. No, I this was. was right before I was I born. Remember. It was, I, think a, I was alive. It was literally. You were not alive. It was literally two. It was literally two what months before it? I was born. It's nineteen ninety-one. So. I was alive. You're my father. How do you not know this? <laughs> when were you born? Eighty-nine. Are you kidding? Oh, you were me? alive. Holy shit. <laughs> Never mind. Wow. You're, you wow. guys are close, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, get a little addled in my age, I guess. No, but <laughs> guys, the the way that division's playing out, well, what sucks is when the Lions got good, the Packers were great, you know, yeah. like uh, in recent years. The Bears got good and the division sucked. And, um, but I don't think the Bears are this monolith that can't be beat. I agree. And, and the I'll rest agree. of the division's down. I think next year's a good year to, to step up and strike for the No, they have, they have Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. Yeah. They're not good. I feel like right. the Bears are sort of like the, the Vikings were like 
I think they they could easily drop off next year a little bit. Even if it's not a huge drop off, it might be just enough. I don't see them um, as an, some ascending team either. Like, I mean, I their defense either. will be tough, but they also just I mean they they put together a really good year, and they're gonna probably lose some things and things change, and and you know how it goes. Yeah. Like, even when the the Vikings arguably upgraded at quarterback this year to get Kirk Cousins, but they lost. Uh, Sherman, we're at offensive coordinator. They didn't look the same. So I mean, I don't, I don't really see. Yeah, I agree, Bob. I agree. I don't think. Hey, so. Z, hey, Z. You know what cracks me up is how much you hate Trubisky. <laughs> it always cracks me up how <laughs> how bad you think he is. Should we set up a fight? Because <laughs> he's not good. He, he did not. He not did good. not cost them the playoffs. Though. You know that. He could have. The Eagles dropped two easy interceptions. Oh, I know. That oh, game. He, he could have. <laughs> I mean, they were basket. They were like in the chest basket catches that these Eagles defenders dropped. So I just it could have been much worse. If it they just humors me. Were they just so befuddled by how would how would you guys feel if Matt Prater doinked double doinked one off the field goal post? And then two days later, one on the Today Show to talk. How would that make threats against his life on Facebook? What else? Yeah, that wouldn't go uh, down very well. It would not go down well. And I wouldn't make threats against anybody's life on Facebook, just for the record. Well, I was being What in that guy's mind told him it was a good idea to go on the Today Show to talk about your missing That is kid, not a good idea. There was a chance he could have come back, but now I don't think there's any chance. I don't. I, I thought it was the chance is minimal, but I mean they're owed. Uh, they owe him still seven million dollars over the next two years. Oh my god! Kicker. So we get him in free agency. <laughs> hey, <laughs> well they'll let him go, and then they'll probably actually bring Robbie Gold back. But this is that's the Bears. Yeah, but, yeah. Screw them. Well, Let's not worry about I don't that. know how you can keep a guy who who did it four times against us in a game. So it wasn't exactly. It was kind of par for the course that it happened in that playoff game. <laughs> anyway, um, we got off a little track here, uh, boys. Yes, uh, we did. Yeah, no, Ooh, that's okay. Needs, as I say, I mean, do we have anything else to add currently about the Lions' offense? This was an emergency podcast, so we wanted to get everybody um just our initial thoughts on this hiring and just a little background on the gentleman himself. Who I want to lead this team to the Super Bowl next year. Well, I, I just say my my closing thought will be: I'm encouraged by the hire. I'm, I look forward and excited about the free agent market when it comes and then uh, the draft following that. So I'm just uh, – this is traditionally the Lions season right now coming up. Uh, free agency in the draft. And uh, at least for one more year, that is going to be our season again uh, until we win the Super Bowl next year. So oh, I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited. I'm excited as well. And I, I, I'm interested to see more um, – more what I think of Bevel, you know, because I don't think many people in Detroit know much about him. He just kind of popped. I mean, we've heard of him, but I mean, I'm interested to learn more about him. I, there wasn't much prepared about him yes. becoming coordinator. So I'll be reading up on him. I mean, you know what a Bevel is? A Bevel is like a smooth, like, edge of the wood, you know? It's like <laughs> yeah. a smooth Daryl. I'll say this, though. You know, smooth. there's one thing, even though, despite UJ's comments, he, uh, you know, I am, I am happy about this, but, uh, he does not have an upgrade in the name category over our previous OC. Um, (laughs) That's the the one thing that the one downgrade, in my opinion, I'm going to get Stafford back in some experienced hands and some experienced help on that offense. And 
Uh, I'm looking forward to see what he does with this this offense. I'm hope I'm hoping we all love the OC this year and we're all on the same page, loving our OC. Would be nice. I don't know. Connor awesome get to share his opinion. So I'm, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get Connor on here to talk about his. Um, yeah, he wasn't happy. Uh, to me, I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand it. But I guess we'll uh, we'll have to have him on to. He, I think you might have, and we'll have him drink some blue cool. I think he just needs to drink some blue. I cool. think yeah, so I think too. So. I think he must be out or something. <laughs> he needs a bad. Um, well, I know this is an emergency podcast, but just as far as future programming goes for this, we'll we'll try it. I would like to have one weekly still, and in addition, um, we'll get to more draft stuff. But we're gonna do that starting in March because the NFL combine is in late February, early yeah, free March. Agency too. So yeah, well, free agency happens. Yeah. That also happens right then and there, but I, I would like to have like a pre free agency podcast and everything for like sure. that. Um, kind of who we want to target, maybe one defense, one offensive one. But as far as the draft stuff goes, that'll be coming in March because we want to get the combine. We get all that stuff down. And we'll just go from there, and we'll, ha- we'll we'll mix it up as well. But we'll definitely bring it we'll bring it back weekly. All right. So we just want to take a little break, you know. Like everybody goes, the, the players go on vacation. Cody Parkey goes on today's show. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> people do people do whatever they want after the season's <laughs> over. Yeah. Um, and we just took a week off. And actually, the live podcast. I hope our listeners really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. We, we can- thanks. We can't always Appreciate do that, but that was definitely one of our highest rated ones. So, and we'll try to give you a better, better quality as soon as we can. Uh, it's a little different over the phone than doing it in person. So, okay, indeed. But thank you, Blue Kool Aid drinkers. You guys. Yes. Um, thank you, UJ, Rudd Dog, Bob, for joining on in. And last but not least, go. go. Forward down the field, a charging team that will not yield. And when the blue and silver wave, stand and cheer the brave. Rock, rock, rock. Go hard, win the game. With honor, you will keep your fame. Down the field and gain a lion's victory. Go. Go.